0: Welcome back to The Unbelievable Podcast. I am BJ Ardell, back here with my guy, Drew Maholt. And today, uh, we have our first episode uh, working alongside uh, Climbing the Pocket and Daily Norseman. So, um, if you you were listening to the previous 26 episodes, thank you. Uh, We appreciate that. Uh, But we are also, we're now moving over to uh, Daily Norseman. So, you can find the show up on there now uh, in their rotation with the other... Uh, climbing the pocket podcast which you should also listen to Um, if you're a new listener uh, welcome to the show Uh, like I said I'm BJ and that's Drew and uh, we're going to talk about the Vikings today that's the game plan so um, we are going to uh, today's episode uh, we'll start start off with a Thursday question like we typically do Uh, And then we will get right into a breakdown of the Vikings matchup with the Denver Broncos. Uh, Should be a fun one. Uh, Certainly the expectation is that the Vikings come out with a W from this one. Uh, And uh, I'm really excited to break down Brandon Allen for you guys. So so I am not excited to do that. Uh, We'll also make our picks. Uh, It's something we also do uh, on a weekly basis and uh, hopefully we can get more of those correct than we did last week and finish up with a gambling lock and that will be today's episode of the unbelievable podcast. So let's start this thing off with the Thursday question Uh, for those of you that are new thursday question is quite literally what it sounds like i'm going to ask a question we're going to answer it to kind of break the ice and uh then we're going to jump into some football stuff so i've got a couple of good ones here actually i've been compiling them over the last week um let's see here i'm going to do who would be the best nfl team if the players were the mascot so if what so like if like the giants for example were, like, oh, oh, we're, re- okay, were okay. really Giants, the or the Lions were, were okay. truly the Lions, huh. or the Texans were people from Texas, you know? <laughs> probably not the Texans. Probably uh, not the Texans.
1: Uh, Who, giants is a good Giants start. is a
0: good start, I think.
1: Um, Man, I, I'm trying to think through. It's probably not going to be some bird.
0: No, the bur- birds are screwed, so that can eliminate the Falcons, the Eagles.
1: Cardinals. Cardinals. Uh Definitely not the Packers. What are the Bears? Packers? Are... Just it's it's just like, I feel, I feel like it's just people that Pack beat. I think that's <laughs> what it is for, right? Yeah,
0: we can eliminate um, We can eliminate the 49ers because those are just humans. Miring probably not the Browns. Food. No Browns because those are just people, I think, is also, or just the color brown, I guess. Uh, Rams, probably. What's more
1: ferocious, a lion or a bear? Hmm. Because I... you might have something.
0: That's a pretty good matchup. That's a good head-to-head, I think.
1: Rams could be good.
0: Rams could be good. I, I feel like Giants might take the cake here. It's
1: like, a, it, well, like, okay, how about this, though? How, like, a jet, if it was, like, oh, a, a living thing, just, like, running through people, running through animals, running through really
0: things. That's a are good point. And jets are, you pretty, know? jets are pretty big, too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, a jet right now is my leader, because... Like a, what about a personified jet that just like had human feelings and instincts that could just like run over a a giant for example.
0: That's uh that's something. Yeah, I mean, I feel like a giant might be able to manhandle a jet though. Like, how big is a giant? Are we talking about like that's Paul the Bunyan we here? We don't
1: have any parameters for how big a giant is, and we yeah. we have We have an estimate for how big a jet is, but right. in, in theory, giant could be like you know an infinite number for like. Yep. The, the height and weight, so. Hmm.
0: Um, I guess as, a, as an aside to this, where do the Vikings fall in here? Also a human, but savages. Uh,
1: it's like inherently.
0: They the got to be in the top 15, I feel like, because they, they oh. knock out. Well,
1: because if you, it's like you probably aren't going to put a Viking over a to, over the top of a bear or a lion.
0: But a Viking is going to be, is, a Viking is going to win against pretty much every other human yeah, that's uh, true. Mascot. Other than they beat the Chiefs, they probably the Cowboys are going to have guns, so I feel like a Viking might lose to a Cowboy. But they beat all the birds uh, and any small animal. I feel I feel like a Viking would beat a jaguar. Or that's a, a tough one
1: too. Jaguar's a good one too.
0: Or a Bengal too. Bangle, well, what, a bangle is a bigger than a Bengal tiger? Bigger than a lion?
1: I do not know. This is biology that I'm not.
0: And on top, you got They're the dolphin. Thin. You got the dolphins too. They're very intelligent. They might be able to scheme up some crazy formations there. <laughs> <laughs> and and on top of that, if you're playing them in the water, I don't think anyone beats them in the ocean. Dolphins but, are going to win yeah. ten times. Ten, ten times out of ten, they got a home field advantage. They're probably screwed on land, but they definitely have home field advantage at home. <laughs> I don't know. This is a tough I one. Know. I feel like ultimately uh, it comes down to giants.
1: The size of the giant.
0: Giants, Jets is pretty hilarious. It's even honestly, Jets is even funnier if they're not like.
1: I feel like we're missing. If they something don't have a like, brain. like very uh, blatant too that we just haven't listed. Like
0: I don't think so. Chargers, the... Raiders, Broncos.
1: Um, when I think of Chargers, I think of like a phone charger. <laughs> just
0: fucking, <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, Panthers, Saints, Saints might have some sort of like spiritual. Yeah miracle they could perform miracles yeah this is true um anyways this, this... I I
1: think I think if the giant can be like a uh an infinite height and weight then it's mm-hmm. definitely a giant Yep. but like if there's a parameter on that I'm going to go with a jet
0: yeah I kind of uh, I kind of when I think of a giant I'm thinking of like the the giant uh in the beanstalk
1: That's exactly what I was thinking
0: So that's a big ass giant <laughs> yeah <laughs> I feel like that would win, especially if you got 53 of those guys.
1: It's like swat the jet out of the air.
0: Yeah, imagine that thing coming off the edge. That's just – that would not be good. (laughs) All right, right, so that's the Thursday question for today. If you have an answer that you'd like to submit, feel free to do so via our Twitter account at unbelievable unbelievable underscore MN. Um, So let's get into some football stuff here. Uh, like I said, the Vikings are up against the Broncos this week. Uh, they face a familiar foe in Vic Fangio, the head coach of the Broncos, former defensive coordinator of the Chicago Bears. He definitely had the Vikings number uh, when he was with Chicago. Uh, he brings in a team that is uh, interesting. You know, you got a, a, some solid pieces, a couple of all pros ac- on this team, um, a, a couple of other solid uh, pro ball caliber players. Uh, but for the most part, this team is sort of in a rebuilding phase um, if if you want to call it that, uh, they've kind of been in a rebuilding phase for the last couple of years because John Elway doesn't know how to find a quarterback. And that's it's the true. situation that we find ourselves in uh, heading into this weekend. Uh, by all means, this is a game that the Vikings uh, will and should be favored in uh, definitively. Um, the Broncos are kind of uh, trending more towards being a team that is out as opposed to, you know, a dark horse contender in the AFC uh, they started 0-4. They've won a couple games since then, so they have improved uh, since kind of that uh, rough start for Fangio. But uh, ultimately, this team is short. Is basically they're very shorthanded. No Joe Flacco this week, um, and uh, not a whole lot of playmakers here. Uh, so you start start here with uh, Brandon Allen, their quarterback. Um, like I said, he replaces Joe Flacco, who is out with criticism of the head coach and a back injury. Uh, and Allen, uh, not a, not a great, uh, not a great history to work off of with this quarterback. Um, you know, I, I believe in my, in my opinion, this is a guy who is going to be the quarterback for about five more weeks and then it's going to be Drew Locke. Um yeah. and honestly, oh, yeah. I don't know why they haven't gone to Drew Locke yet. Um, Vic Fangio seems kind of stubborn in that regard. Um. But uh, so Allen comes off of his first game as a quarterback. Uh, we got one game of film to work off of with him. He went twelve of twenty, sixty percent completion, below average. Couple touchdowns, under two hundred yards. Uh, big dude, so he fits the jo- uh, the John Elway mold. But uh, can he uh, can he do anything against this Vikings defense that did uh, that certainly did not look great against the pass last week?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I know. I this seems like a quarterback that Mike Zimmer is gonna attack and, and uh yeah, yeah. kind of ruin his day. Uh he's not a uh not an established, you know, uh efficient passer. We're not one of the uh, it seems like those premier quarterbacks get the best of Zimmer for the most part. Um you know, like uh I mean Dak obviously did. Uh, but this Denver offense doesn't have a lot of playmakers. I Phillip Lindsay's okay. Uh I don't I mean the number one receiver right now is Cortland Sutton, I believe that they, after they traded away, Emmanuel Sanders, um, Noah Fant at tight end did have the long touchdown against the Browns, um, which kind of, by the way, inflated Allen's numbers. I think it was like a 75 yard touchdown. So yeah. Um, overall, you know, I'm not super impressed. Obviously it's one thing to at home play well enough to beat the Cleveland Browns. It's another thing to go into us bank stadium, where I, The Vikings, I believe are one of the only, like there's only one or two teams in the league undefeated at home. And the Vikings are one of them. And I mean, I, I really don't see Denver scoring much until garbage time in this game. Uh, they just don't have the talent on, especially on offense, to kind of compete with what the Vikings are going to present them. Uh, again, I think the, the most talented defensive uh, unit in the NFL, uh, despite what they, they displayed against Dallas, this is, I would say, almost a, you know, a 180 from the passing offense that Dallas offered. Um, when you have Brand Allen, K- Cortland Sutton, and Noah Fant is kind of your leaders compared to Dak Prescott, uh, Amari Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott, Michael Gallup, etc. cetera.
0: Yeah. Uh, so the, the one guy that I kind of, that sticks out to me on this Denver offense is Cortland Sutton. Like you mentioned, uh, he is their number one receiver now. Um, well, like you said, Sanders now playing for the San Francisco 49ers. Um, he has some real talent. Uh, when he was coming out, was it, two, was it one, last year or two years ago? Uh, he got. I, I had him graded as one of the best receivers in the class. Granted, he did come out in a you know, a relatively down wide receiver class, but um, he has shown an ability. I mean, he's not a precise route runner, but he can get that job done. He, t- he tends to win with athleticism
1: mm-hmm. for
0: the most part. Um, he, he's a go-up-and-get-it type of receiver, um, so I would expect to see Xavier Rhodes on him given that Rhodes tends to have – the most success throughout his career against bigger body receivers, um, which I would tend, uh, I would classify Sutton in that category of a receiver. Yeah. Um, he's gonna, four,
1: 220. Yeah. I mean, six, four to Yeah. That's he's definitely gonna,
0: big. He's your standard flanker. Um, he's going to be on the outside almost exclusively. Um, and he really is the, you know, the one threat to me on this, uh, on this, uh, Broncos offense. And the problem with that is that I don't trust his quarterback to even get him the ball. Um, I mean, Brandon Allen won last week, but did he really win? Like, did he, like, really – like, like you said, like, what is it? It, What did it amount to? About 40% of his yards came on one play that Noah Fant actually caught the ball for the first time in his professional career (laughs) Um, and, uh, you know, broke loose. Uh, I mean, it's tough – it's it's a tough situation to be in um, if you're the Broncos because – I mean, with Drew lock, apparently not being ready. Uh, you've got this bridge quarterback that, um, lacks upside for sure. Um, he is a glorified game manager at this point with kind of a weird hairstyle. That's, that's kind of what I see from Brandon Allen, man. I mean, uh, there are some things that he does well, but most of that is going to be underneath stuff and, you know, relative to the NFL, what I would consider to be easy throws. Um, and against a you know against a a better defense like like I still consider the Vikings to be, um, I think that he's going to have some real problems. And I think that you make I think that you brought up a good point uh, that this is uh, this is the type of quarterback that Mike Zimmer is going to go after for sure. I expect uh, I expect that double A gap look to come out early and often. I mean, if if I am calling this if I am calling this game, I'm sending. I'm sending six on the first passing play of the like the first like pass main, primary passing situation of the game, uh, and I'm getting after this guy because if 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 he's you know if he's uncomfortable in the pocket, uh, this could be a game where the Vikings have multiple turnovers. Uh, they're they're simply not going to beat you over the top. I don't see that happening in any way, uh, which leads you to the running game, which is really the only. Part of the Broncos' roster that has been relatively consistent over the last couple of years. Uh, that's led by Philip Lindsay, the undrafted guy um, out of Colorado State, right? Uh, and then you got Royce Freeman from Oregon, uh, who also will get touches as well. Um, that's a solid two-headed uh, is. monster. Uh, a lot of talent within those two players, uh, and they have a solid—they fr- have a couple solid blockers up front too. Uh, I'm not talking about Garrett Bowles when I say that, but uh, Dalton Risner, <laughs> the rookie, is a solid player. Uh, and so you have some nice pieces there. And, you know, Lindsey has be Lindsey doesn't get the respect he deserves across the league, uh, and he's certainly not going to get it this week because if there is one staple to this Vikings defense, something that they do definitively well, even with L- Linville Joseph probably going to be out again on Sunday, uh, it's stopping the run. So the mm-hmm. – the only game breaker that they really have on this team, uh, I fully expect the Vikings to be able to shut down. Uh, this is a situation where I think that Zimmer will try to take Philip Lindsey out of the game the same way he did with Ezekiel Elliott, um, and the running attack for the Broncos could get ugly, um, similar in a similar way to you know what happened with Dallas last week.
1: Yeah, and then you're forcing Brandon Allen to kind of make you know those third and eight, third and ten, third and seven. Yeah, that's plays, not happening this week. <laughs> um, which isn't going to happen uh, because when you get. Uh, You know, when Mike Zimmer can dial up those blitzes, and when you look at Zimmer's record, like, blitz percentages, when you get him against a young quarterback, um, he seems more confident in kind of pulling the trigger on those. And A guy that's inexperienced, a guy that hasn't proved himself yet, uh, he seems way more willing to bring the house or bring those exotic looks. um, And it generally works out for him. He is scared, too, against the likes of... uh, you know, Rodgers, Dak, uh, all those names, he seems more scared to, which I think he shouldn't be, but
0: especially because you, you listed a couple mobile quarterbacks there too. Right. Which and maybe that's to, the difference. Um, but this it, guy it, is not mobile. Right, right, right. <laughs> statue and, out there.
1: And I think when he does doubt those blitzes against those young quarterbacks, it's, it's lights out. I mean, uh, and again, I'm going to compare this to the Browns. Like this defense is way more talented, way more um, cohesive in Minnesota compared to Cleveland. And then I also want to point out the pass rushers because Deal Hunter and Harrison Griffin are both having career seasons in terms of pressures. I think they're one-two right now in the NFL.
0: They are in
1: pressures with JJ Watt uh, out now. They that, are effectively. They, I think they duo. combined for like 18 last week against one of the best <laughs> tackle duos in football. And this, this is week, not
0: one of the best tackle this duos. This is not, in not
1: football. one of the best tackle footballs or tackle duos in football. Uh, so it should be a big week, big week for those those guys, and I think Allen's gonna have a really tough time with
0: it. Okay, so for Vikings fans uh, specifically, keep an eye on Garrett Bowles. He's number seventy-two. He's gonna line up at left tackle. Watch this guy because it's you're gonna have a great, you're gonna have a very enjoyable experience watching Everton Griffin. If I, if I
1: remember correctly, the knock on him was that he had short arms, right?
0: Uh, there's a couple knocks on him. That was one of them. The other one was that he's like forty-two years old when he came out. uh, yeah. <laughs> uh he is. The subject of pretty much all the criticism in Denver, and don't get me wrong, a lot of players on this offense deserve criticism, but Garrett Bowles gets the brunt of it. And here's why. One, he holds literally like every single play. So just watch Everson Griffin go after this guy this weekend because it's, it's going to be comical. The
1: spin move is going to be hilarious to watch because it's going to rip right through him.
0: There, there, is, there is no doubt in my mind. That Everson Griffin is going to get after Garrett Bowles, and they're going to end up having to use their fullback Andy Janovich. I think I pronounced that last name right uh, to get an extra guy that could on be Everson Griffin.
1: Janovich, looking at it could, could be. be. I don't know. I'm just looking at it. Yeah, I I have no, I've, I, I don't heard, watch a lot of Broncos
0: so. Yeah, I haven't heard it said audibly because I don't watch. Uh, I don't watch film with the sound on. You know, because I'm not insane. Um, it, with the the point that I was getting at there is that. If Bowles, if they're going to have to add a guy to block Bowles, whether that's Lindsey Freeman, the fullback, whoever it is, and add an extra guy to help Bowles on the left side, that's going to free up to Neil Hunter one-on-one against Juwan James, who is uh, great, you know, an, an excellent prospect um, in, by most accounts. I think uh, when we were talking about him a couple of years ago as a draft guy, uh, he was someone that came up for the Vikings. Uh, he ended up going to Miami. Uh, it didn't work out in Miami. It's working out a little bit better in Denver, but he's still not a you know he's not a stud right tackle. This is not La'El Collins again. Um, and based off of what Neil Hunter was able to accomplish last week, uh, I think one on one against Juwan James could be a matchup to watch as well. Um, but like I said, if if you if you enjoy pass rushing and you enjoy you know the Vikings dominating defensively. Enjoy that matchup between Garrett Bowles and Everson Griffin because that one's going to be um, that that is going to be the perso- that is going that matchup is going to be the personification of the meme uh, with the the guy sitting in the house and the house burning. That's going to be mm-hmm. Garrett Bowles on Sunday because <laughs> um, he is he's a mess. Uh, he holds all the time. His his technique is off. Um, I I don't think he's strong enough to muscle Everson Griffin. And I think that Everson Griffin has more finesse than him, too, to his game. So that matchup could be – that could be dangerous. Yeah. Um, Brandon Allen might get killed this weekend. Um, that's just uh, – that's, that's kind of the way that I see it heading into this matchup. Um, we didn't talk much about Noah Fant, and I think that's kind of rightfully so, uh, the rookie coming out of Iowa. Uh, he hasn't done much professionally so far. Part of that is because tight ends seem to have a tough transition to the NFL. I, I don't. I, I've never really understood why, but rookie tight ends just never seem to show out in their rookie year. It just. I, I don't know why that is. But he has all kinds of problems with his game right now. He's so many drops. Uh, catching catching has been a problem for him. Which, uh, if you're supposed to catch the ball, that's.
1: Uh, it seems pretty important for tight ends it's, nowadays.
0: Uh, it's kind of important. Um, the one piece that I like on this offense moving forward. Um, outside of Philip Lindsay is uh, the the rookie guard Dalton Reisner. Uh, he came. I, I think most Vikings fans are familiar with who he is because he was connected to the Vikings yeah, he um, heading into draft week. So uh, keep an eye on him. He's number sixty six. He's um, he's a talented player, and I think he has a bright future in front of him. Uh, but outside of Lindsay, uh, Cortland Sutton's really the only other guy that's going to beat you. So. Uh, that's kind of what I'm seeing from this offense I, I see matchup nightmares all around for the Broncos uh, I think the Vikings win handily on that side of the ball now <clears throat> on the defensive side of the ball um, granted the Vikings offense has been playing great uh, and they're as as balanced as we have seen them probably in the last decade uh, but this defense is filled with a you know multiple talented players uh, and then you've got Vic Fangio calling the shots and like I said earlier in the show, uh, Fangio has the Vikings' number. Uh, granted, he does not have all the pieces that he did in Chicago to work with, uh, but he's been highly successful um, scheming up the Vikings' offense. So he knows what he's dealing with here. Um, so that could be an interesting matchup to watch—kind of the uh, the the battle between Stefanski and Fangio, uh, trying to out-scheme each other.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even—I didn't really think much about Fangio's history um, with Chicago. You know, in that in that perspective. But I will say that this is really the first time I believe that he's faced well I guess last year uh, week 17 might might count here but I think it's the first time that you know he's going to face the Kubiak Stefanski combo he had Stefanski at primary offensive coordinator Mm -hmm. week 17 last year Uh, but I think there is a big difference that Kubiak has uh, implemented here with kind of the outside outside zone runs and whatnot um, that maybe weren't a staple for the Vikings last year so that is a big change, I think, and from that perspective, I think the Vikings will be a little bit more, uh, uh, you know, different for him. But, uh, yeah, you, you are right that, you know, the Vikings have not had a lot of success against Chicago, uh, really, in the Zimmer era, well, last few years, offensively. Um, and that's a, a lot of that can be credited towards Vic Fangio.
0: Yeah. Uh, so starting on this defensive line, Fangio runs a 3-4 front uh, and that is special for him specifically because it allows him to use more movement. Um, and he's got the pass rusher to move all around the defensive line. Uh, that's going to be linebacker Von Miller. You're familiar with him. You know who he is. He's an all pro. He's an absolute stud. He's one of the best edge rushers in the game. Uh, he's going to line up on both sides of the formation. Um, and That's kind of the benefit of running this 3-4 uh, is that you get a pass rush with three guys. Derek Wolf is really the only mainstay on this defense because Bradley Chubb is out with, uh, I believe he tore his ACL earlier this year. So you're not going to see him. Um, a couple replacement level players here with Mike Purcell and Shelby Harris. Uh, neither of those guys are anything really to write home about. Uh, Wolf has had a solid career. He's by no means a dangerous player but he can open it up for Von Miller uh, to get one-on-one off the edge. So uh, I guess the one, uh, I guess kind of the one matchup nightmare here would be, you know, in a situation where you get one on one against Von Miller, and I know Brian O'Neill has been outstanding throughout his career, but this will be the big, probably the biggest test that he's had uh, on the other side of Khalil Mack, I suppose. Um, and Riley Reiff, who has been uh, playing, you know, about as well as he has in the Vikings' uniform over the last couple mm-hmm. of weeks, uh, he will definitely be tested as well because uh, you will see you will see Miller all over the place on this defense. Um, that's kind of, he's kind of uh, Fangio's toy, uh, and it's funny because Fangio described him as an okay pass rusher once he uh, became the head coach of Denver. I think it's uh, fair to say that he was underestimating his talent um, with that remark, yeah. but. Uh, that's uh, that's essentially what you're going to get from this fr- uh, in terms of a pass rush. It, it's it's the Von Miller show, uh, right? And if anyone else gets home, it's probably a product. And for of what it's worth, his Miller. sack
1: numbers aren't very good this year. I mean, he's it's and we've said that a lot about Griffin and, uh, and Hunter a little bit, where they're getting uh, a lot of pressures, not necessarily the sack numbers, but right. Miller has kind of taken that step back in his thirty, his age thirty season. Yeah, uh, I think a little bit. So I don't. I wouldn't say he's you know maybe the top tier guy anymore that he used to be. Right. Uh, he's certainly one of the better pass rushers in the game and it's going to be a large test for, for O'Neal or Rashad Hill or whoever is over there. Cause I know O'Neal might be a little bit banged up, but
0: right. Right. Uh, and then at the middle level of that defense, uh, so Miller typically is going to be lining up on the line of scrimmage. So, um, he is essentially a defensive end, but he's a linebacker. Um, you know, if you're talking about uh, the, his official listing, the other three linebackers that they're going to trot out there, uh, Malik Reed, who's a rookie. I don't honestly, I don't know a whole lot about Malik Reed. I'll just be straightforward with you there. Um, <laughs> I, I don't remember. I don't remember. him don't as a either. prospect. Uh, his numbers don't jump out. Uh, his film, he doesn't show up much on film. Uh, he's says he's a player. That's what he is. He, he plays for the Broncos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other two guys are Alexander Johnson and Todd Davis, and as far as I'm concerned, anyone named Todd probably shouldn't be playing professional football. That just seems strange. <laughs> that's not a Todd thing to do. What about uh, Todd Gurley? Yeah, he, he probably shouldn't be playing professional football right now either. Um, well, that's a good point. You kind of uh, nullified my argument there, but <laughs> uh, the two inside linebackers are basically just tacklers. Uh, you also got Josie Jewell there, too. I like Josie Jewell. He doesn't play as much snaps as he probably should, in my opinion, but uh, those are the three guys that you're going to see out there at linebacker. Uh, uh and kind of the way that this scheme works is those, uh, in interior linebackers are basically there just to make tackles over the Miller middle, middle and also, uh, help in run defense. So that kind of opens up the lanes for guys like Von Miller, uh, and, and well, if Bradley Chubb, Chubb were still there, uh, him as well to get one-on-one matchups with those two guys. Mm-hmm. But, uh, without Chubb, it's really, it's really, honestly, it's really the Von Miller show up front. Um, uh, the secondary still has a nice pe- couple nice pieces though. Um, you've got Chris Harris yeah. who is one of the best traveling corners in the league. Uh, he moves as well as anyone, uh, from the outside to the slot. Um, and, uh, he's, I would say that he has passed his prime as well, but he's still, you know, as good as you're going to find, um, in terms of a guy that's going to give you, you know, a, f- a full game and cover your best receiver. Um, He's the guy that was on the trade market for a reason at the deadline. Uh, it's because he can, still, uh, he can still cover with the best of them. The one thing that I will say about Chris Harris is that uh, he is small. He's a small guy uh, relative to you know NFL players. Stands at 5'10". Uh, that doesn't really affect Stefan Diggs all that much, which I imagine will be the guy that he will primarily be covering. Mm-hmm. But uh, if in, in the event that you're able to scheme this up correctly, it seems like Josh Doxson is going to be activated. Uh, That would be, you know, in theory, would be a matchup nightmare based on, you know, the size of those two players. And then you've also got Laquan Treadwell, who, uh, you know, seems to get one catch a week at this point. Uh, He's also got a a physical advantage there as well. And I think you could say the same for B.C. Johnson, although he is a bit of a toothpick early in his career.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing we should, I mean, just because they're bigger than Chris Harris doesn't mean they're, uh, that's a go-to matchup uh, for those guys. But in terms of size, obviously, you know, if you want to throw the ball up uh, in a one-on-one situation, it's not the worst idea right. given the size advantage. Uh, but um, you know, I, I overall, I, I do like Diggs in that matchup. Overall, he's again one of the most precise route, run, route runners uh, in the in the NFL, and he's very much due for kind of a big game and uh, a, a slew of targets. I think it's been a couple of games where he has had, I think, four targets uh, in each of the past couple of weeks. So uh, he's very much due for a big game, and then it really the vikings haven't been targeting receivers at all very much past yep. couple of games it's been a lot of running backs a lot of tight ends and uh you know bc's had i think one catch or two catches in the last couple of games digs mm-hmm. obviously has had i think four total catches the last couple of weeks uh so be interesting to see if they maybe get back to targeting receivers bc and digs getting more involved just like that uh detroit game it's uh, where f- digs had i think seven and bc had four and and then uh Really, Treadwell against the Chiefs has been the best receiver performance over the <laughs> over the last few weeks, which is interesting.
0: It is worth noting, though, that uh, you brought up the tight end position and how that kind of relates to this Broncos defense. Um, I I don't I don't see an answer to Kyle Rudolph or Irv Smith um, in this linebacking group. So that to me means that they're going to probably have to move a safety on them. Uh, maybe Kareem Jackson would make sense in theory. Uh, but realistically, I think that the Vikings match up very well at tight end. Uh, you could see a couple. You could see more, t- uh, more two tight end sets here just to try to get that, you know, that individual matchup. Uh, you've seen that what Kyle Rudolph is capable of doing still at this point in his career, uh, and this might be this might be the game for Irv Smith to get his first professional touchdown as well. Um, I think that you know they do not have the personnel on this defense to match up well with Irv Smith's size and speed. Um, because Von Miller, for what it's worth, I mean, he's an outstanding edge rusher. He does not cover well if he's forced into coverage. That's not something that he does well. It's not really part of his game. So um, the last couple of guys on this defense that you're going to hear their names called out at some point, uh, Justin Simmons, the free safety, and then Bryce Callahan will be back this week. Uh, he's back practicing. You probably remember him from his days with the Bears, and the Vikings have historically torched Bryce Callahan. Uh, He's a guy that I have been making fun of for multiple years now. So I'm happy to see him back. Um, and uh, overall, I mean, I like I liked the matchups across the board on offense for the most part based off of how the Vikings have played. Uh, they do seem to stop the run pretty well. I believe they're number nine uh, in the NFL right now in, ter- in terms of total rushing yards long per game. Um, but Dalvin Cook seems to be kind of a, a mold breaker in that regard. It doesn't really seem to matter. Uh, even if you stop him as a rusher, he's going to catch the ball in the backfield and beat you as a as a receiver. Uh, mm-hmm. So I really this is kind of a mismatch on paper. Uh, you know, you've got a you've got a team that is got a couple of key players injured, uh, and also in the middle of a rebuilding phase, and also having a first year coach. Uh, that to me is a uh, kind of a that's an inherent mismatch and then you bring this to Minnesota you're playing at U.S. Bank Stadium where um, as we continue to harp on the Vikings are as dominant as any team in the NFL uh, playing on their home field so um, I don't really see a way for the Broncos to you know have a definitive victory here the Vikings would have to make a lot of mistakes I think uh, turning the ball over at you know a ridiculous rate which is something that Kirk Cousins yeah. quietly has not done over the last four weeks or five weeks, I suppose. Also um, uh,
1: the Broncos are the Broncos defense is 29th in the NFL in turnovers.
0: Yeah. So for seven all year. I would, I would say to keep an eye on Von Miller getting a forced fumble. Uh, we, I mean, I know that, I know that Cousins hasn't been fumbling recently, uh, but he is as good as they come and getting that fumble sack. Uh, that's something that he does very well. So uh, I mean, overall, I, I just, you know, I don't. I don't see a matchup um, that I hate for the Vikings this week. Um, there's no one on that defensive line that I think that can take advantage of Pat Elfline's, uh, uh let's call it deficiencies at this point. Um, and uh, you know, really, the one the one guy that's dangerous here is Von Miller. And like you said earlier, I mean, he's not the same guy that he was two or three years ago. So, um, I guess what do you see? What what matchup here? Or is there anything? you know, based off of what we see on paper that could give the Broncos an edge this week?
1: Um, not, I mean, they're passing defense ranks pretty well now that part of that could be, uh, the fact that they are losing in a lot of games or that a lot of their games are just kind of, uh, you know, if you look at the game flow, of a lot of their games, it's a lot of kind of turn the clock, run the, run the ball. Um, uh, but, you know, overall they are allowing the fourth, or they have allowed the fourth fewest uh, passing yards. Uh, so, in, in that perspective, there could be some. This could be sort of a, a tougher test for Kirk and company. But, um, and a lot of that I'm sure is credit due to uh, Vic Fangio as well. Right. Uh, but I don't see that being a huge problem. Again, the Vikings offense is flowing pretty well right now. And I mean, the last two weeks, really, the Chiefs game and the Cowboys game, the, the Vikings offense hasn't really, you know, lit it up per se down yep. the field or, or you know Kirk hasn't had a fantastic performance but they've been moving the ball efficiently enough to put up you know 23 points and nearly beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead and then they went into Dallas and won uh, with 28 points in that game so I'm not too worried about it at home against Denver uh, I, th- I think you know if they continue to get down Cook involved they maybe use receivers a little bit more they um, that this offense should continue to churn up the yards and the points as they
0: have. Uh, it's also worth noting, I suppose, that this is a Gary Kubiak revenge game. Keep in mind yeah. that Gary Kubiak won his only Super Bowl as head coach of Was Denver he Broncos. the head –
1: yes, yeah, so he was. He would have been the head coach the last time these two teams played because it would have been 2015. Uh, Peyton Manning was playing quarterback for the Broncos then. It was Stefan Diggs' first career game.
0: I think he, he was. He, I think he was, yeah. The one where he uh, turned
1: around to keep to leave Yeah. on that out route.
0: That would that would make sense. Uh, yeah, I can't. Uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I I I believe that Kubiak probably was the head coach there um, the last time, um, and uh, this is definitely not this is definitely not the same team uh, that he w- when he was the head no. coach. No, uh, Von
1: Miller might be one of the only players that's still on that roster.
0: Yeah, uh, it seems like Jeff Hoyerman's been on this team for like ten years too. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so I mean that's kind of that—that's what I'm seeing here from this team. Uh, it, it's this is a this is a situation that good teams take advantage of. Uh, you know, you're playing at home, you've got everything rolling for you right now in offense. Uh, you know, as from a fan perspective, I think that they that something to kind of keep an eye on here is just to see how Stefanski decides to attack this defense. Uh, Keeping in mind that this is probably a very similar scheme to what Chuck Pagano is running in Chicago, um, that's going to probably be an important game, Week 17. Um, so maybe you'll get a bit of a preview in in that regard uh, to what you what the Vikings might be might what the Vikings might try to do against a more talented Chicago unit down the road. Uh, but uh, I, I'm expecting more screens, uh, more kind of ways to bring the pass rush in in order to open up open the ball up downfield uh, I can see some draws I can see some screens uh, I can see some quick hitters uh, ultimately this is going to come down to you know how well can Stefanski scheme this one up mm-hmm. uh, and it'll be fun to watch so uh, give me one uh, give me one good reason I, mean, I think there's a lot of reasons why there's a lot give, of reasons why they would win this game give me one good reason why they should win this game
1: uh, I'm just gonna <laughs> go with the easy answer here and talent i mean there i mean i I would i think i don't agree with a lot of what colin coward says but i think he made the point sunday night that the vikings cowboys game uh might be the you know the the game of the year in terms of talent right like it was probably the football game throughout the 2019 season that included the most talent on the football field and and i don't hate that and da- Denver does not have near the talent Minnesota does, and so even if Minnesota has a bad game plan or or what have you, uh, I think that they can win this game with talent alone. Yeah. Uh, without you know mm-hmm. the the defensive scheming of Zimmer or, or Stefanski, they should be able to get away with their pure talent and athleticism that they have an advantage over Denver. In.
0: Yeah. This is uh, this is definitely the type of game that if you were not a Vikings fan. You'd probably just catch the highlights on Red Zone uh, because this does not seem like a very quality matchup overall. Um, Yeah. All right, then. Well, uh, we can use that to leverage into our picks for the week. Um, I have an idea of where you're going with this one, but starting with the Vikings (laughs) game, Uh, are the Broncos going to get an upset after we just, you know, kind of destroyed them?
1: No. 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 Minnesota at home, Uh, they're not. I don't see them losing at US Bank Stadium this season.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm on the same page as you there. Um, I'll take Minnesota too. I think it'll be a couple touchdowns. I don't expect Denver to score many points. Um, so, I, I can see I can see the Vikings' offense getting off to a hot start and they're just burning the clock, kind of like they did um, a couple weeks ago um, against uh, was it Detroit, when they got out to a hot start and just kind of slowly. Uh, Mm -hmm. took the the game over. That's kind of how I see this matchup playing out as well. So, all right. Uh, That takes us to the Thursday night game. Uh, Pittsburgh at Cleveland. You got an AFC North matchup here. Pittsburgh is playing a lot better than I think most people expected, um, despite kind of the the issues that they're having there without the quarterback and whatnot. And Cleveland is coming off of a win over – Um, I I guess I wouldn't call Buffalo a good team but they have a good record so does Cleveland keep this thing going?
1: They do, they do Uh, I still don't buy the Steelers which, not that I buy the Browns either but uh, I I don't know there's still way more talent on the Browns roster right now Steelers roster is is, um, there's talent on defense I think but um, overall I'm, I'm going the Browns and I still think they have a chance to make the playoffs given that they're scheduled on the stretch here
0: yeah, I'm going to take Cleveland, too, against my better judgment. Uh, Pittsburgh's defense is playing out of their minds. Uh, Mick Fitzpatrick and TJ Water are a lot of fun to watch. But Mason Rudolph is awful, straight up. Like, he's not he, – he he's a backup quarterback at best in the NFL. Uh, I don't see him beating the Browns, who, like you said, have as much, have plenty of talent on both sides of the ball. I expect them to win um, kind of on talent alone playing on their home turf this week. Next one up here is Dallas against Detroit. Uh, Dallas coming off of their loss to the Vikings. Obviously, they need a win here to keep pace with the Eagles in the NFC East. Who, uh, and they'll kind of have a good chance to do so going to Ford Field this week against Detroit. It seems unlikely that Matthew Stafford will play. He's still got a couple broken bones in his back. Um, he's a warrior, but uh, I think that Detroit would be wise to hold him out, um, given that he probably still has you know a few pretty good years left in his career. It might not be the best idea to waste. Um, waste that away on a kind of a season that has you know kind of fell down the uh, fell down pretty quick here
1: yeah I would pick the Lions if Stafford's playing but I don't trust Jeff trust Jeff Driscoll uh, to beat Dallas although I don't think Dallas is very good either but um I'll take the Cowboys for literally the only reason being the quarterback situation for Detroit
0: yeah I'm taking Dallas too uh, basically for the same reason Uh, Jeff Driscoll can run really fast unfortunately he doesn't throw the ball that well um yeah, like Mitch I, Trubisky. Kind of like Mitch Trubisky. That's a good point. <clears throat> All right, next one up here. AFC South, Jacksonville heads to Indianapolis. Indianapolis is coming off of one of the worst losses, period, uh, of the year, dropping one to Miami. Uh, Jacksonville coming off of a bye. Uh, Nick Foles returns. Uh, both both these teams are in the thick of it in the AFC South, obviously both behind Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans. Uh, chance to gain some ground this week uh, if lamar jackson's able to beat houston so uh who is uh taking the AFC south matchup
1: i got jacksonville uh i can't watch what indy did last week and pick them to beat anybody this week so yeah. i'm going jacksonville uh, brian hoyer just he i've always liked brian hoyer's backup like he's yeah he's never been player. a he's he's never been a uh turnover pro or turnover machine or anything like that but he has not looked great so far
0: yeah uh Hoyer is uh, – I think a lot of Vikings fans kind of have like Hoyer PTSD from that Broncos game the Browns game, Browns game uh, when Josh Gordon kind of unleashed on, on the Vikings. What was that, like 2012? Uh, this is not the same Brian Hoyer. <laughs> uh, and uh, Jacksonville's defense is very solid. Uh, some great pass rushers there. Clayus Campbell and uh, Josh Allen will be getting after him. Uh, I expect Jacksonville to win this one as well. Uh, next one here. <laughs> I mean <clears throat> on paper uh Buffalo at Miami should be uh, kind of a no contest game but Miami is uh they're kind of hot. They got two wins in a row. Uh and yeah. Buffalo Buffalo is stumbling over themselves. Uh that offense is not great.
1: Right. Uh I'm going Miami because they're at home and I've said all along that I don't think the Bills are that good and I still don't think they're that good and I think the Bil- I think the Dolphins are going to Take advantage of that and get another win against kind of a a not great opponent.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm gonna take Buffalo. Uh, I don't hate taking Miami here, though. Uh, this is a Ryan Fitzpatrick revenge game, I believe. Doesn't
1: it just seem like there's like there's so many bad teams this year? There's there and then are there's, like a lot of really good teams. Like it's like there's probably six to eight like really good teams, and I'd put the Vikings in that category. But yep. then. Between, I think I I honestly put Buffalo in this really bad category of yeah. like. But there's Buffalo, there's Miami, there's New York Jets, there's the Giants. Uh, obviously Cincinnati, Washington. Uh, there's so many teams that are just terrible. part of terrible. it is because
0: there's so many backup quarterbacks out there right now. And Josh, Josh Allen kind of plays like a backup quarterback. If we're being real here, uh, he has not taken that step forward in his second year. That I think a lot He's of. He's a good fantasy
1: quarterback played. though. He got me 25 points last week. <laughs> he scored two rushing touchdowns. So.
0: Yeah, he's a running back. So I'm taking Buffalo, though. Uh, Miami sucks. That's why. Uh, New Orleans to Tampa Bay NFC South matchup. Um, my God, Saints are coming off of a, a, another really, really bad loss. That uh, is
1: that. That's a uh, Vikings Bills from last year lost. Or yeah. Loss. Yeah. That's that's bad. That's bad. Uh, the La Falcons are bad. Uh, that this should have been the week that Dan Quinn got fired. And, and he goes into the Superdome and wins. He's going to get a
0: contract extension, no?
1: He proves that Teddy Bridgewater is the better quarterback for the Saints than Drew Brees. Uh, not really. Uh, I'm, going the, I'm going with the Saints here because they will bounce back. Although, I don't like Road Drew Brees very much. So.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm taking the Saints, too. I mean, they, they are my Super Bowl pick, and that still stands. I still think this is one of the, one of the best rosters in the entire NFL. Uh, the defense is still outstanding. I expect that offense to rebound. Uh, Jameis Winston is still... Jameis Winston. So, he'll throw a couple interceptions and the Saints should walk out of here with the victory. Yeah. So,
1: he's played he's had way too like few like he hasn't had enough turnovers the last couple weeks. We so he's due for about
0: four in this week. Sounds about right to me. All right, another uh, absolute barn burner we got here. The New York Jets ha- head to the Washington Football Team Stadium. Um that's uh that's one hell of a matchup if you ask me. Uh Ghosts versus I mean whatever whatever Washington is doing. Dwayne Haskins is officially the starter. Uh, he has yet to throw a touchdown. Still four interceptions on his resume. He is not ready to play professional quarterback, especially on a bad team that can't block, that can't run the ball effectively, that mm-hmm. really doesn't do anything well. Uh, are the Jets going to get another victory and kind of uh, head towards a hot streak here?
1: I think Washington wins this one, and I'm only picking them because they're at home. That's okay. it.
0: Um, I'm going to take the Jets because Washington has a awful team, straight up. I mean, there's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing that I like about Washington. I said, I said this a couple, I said this like a year and a half ago that there's like three or four redeemable pieces on that Washington roster right now, and that really hasn't changed. Uh, I, I feel bad for Haskins because I think they're ruining him. I don't think that he had a chance, and uh, it's not, it's not looking good. I mean, there's obviously still plenty of time he's a rookie quarterback. Uh, don't get me wrong, but it's it's really not looking good there. I expect Sam Darnold to get the W. Uh, and uh, he thinks they can still make the playoffs. So uh, they'll, they'll at least be trying to do that. It's not going to happen for sure, but the delusion is real. So, all right, NFC South once again. Atlanta coming off of that win over the Saints. They head to Carolina who are coming off of that loss against Green Bay. Uh, Carolina looks to rebound with Kyle Allen once again. Uh, Christian McCaffrey li- continues, looks to continue his MVP caliber season. Uh, who he got in this one?
1: Uh, Carolina. Uh, I, Atlanta
0: definitive? can't do that
1: twice in a week. Yeah, I think so. Atlanta can't do that again. Uh, Carolina at home against one of the worst defenses. I'm sure McCaffrey will put up 200 combined yards and a couple touchdowns.
0: Yeah, I could see this one. Uh, I could see Atlanta scoring some points though here. Uh, I don't. Think... Oh
1: yeah, the Panthers' defense is horrendous. So I mean. It's Secondary one of those where uh, uh, the, the run defense isn't either. Do you see Aaron Jones? Yeah. I mean, and Jamal Williams. They had all the yeah. running room in the world. So this will be a lot. There'll be a lot of points scored in this
0: game. But ultimately, I, I'm with you. I think Carolina comes out ahead too. All right, this one, uh, next one up here is probably uh, probably game of the week. Uh, Houston, Deshaun Watson leads the Texans to Baltimore against Lamar Jackson, who is. Uh, the hottest thing in, on, in the NFL right now, uh, literally everyone on the planet is talking about Lamar Jackson. Uh, he stated his MVP case the last couple of weeks here, uh, and he did a spin move. So now everyone likes him. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, Deshaun Watson isn't too bad himself. Uh, hell of a quarterback they got down there in Houston. Uh, can the Texans get out of there with the victory or does this run continue for John Harbaugh and the Ravens?
1: I can't, uh... I really want to pick Deshaun Watson and the Texans in this game, but the last three weeks for Baltimore, what it's been? They went to Seattle and beat the Seahawks, then they went to Foxborough and beat the Patriots, and then they beat the Bengals by forty. I can't jump off that train now, so I'm going to stick with Baltimore uh, just because of how really like how great they look the last few games.
0: So the thing about Baltimore is it's not just it's not just Lamar Jackson like that scheme that Mark Roman is running right now is straight up one of a kind. Like no one else can replicate that. Uh, I've been hearing it all week that like teams are going to be looking for the next Lamar Jackson. There isn't one. First of all, you're not going to find another Lamar Jackson anywhere. And second of all, even if you do good luck finding a scheme that works, because this is like a, that scheme that Mark Roman is. It's it's, he's the only guy in the NFL who has been successful running this type of offense. Um, with all that being said, I'm still taking Houston because I love Deshaun Watson. Um, I think that he is the guy. Uh, he, he is the next face of the NFL, not named Patrick Mahomes. Uh, so uh, I think that Houston can get this done. I think that this is going to be a hell of a matchup, one that I'll definitely be watching. Uh, but ultimately, I've got the Texas Texans getting out of there with the victory. Uh, I might be the only one that thinks that, though. So, uh, Next one, San Francisco looks to rebound, and they got an opportunity to do so here. Uh, they will face Arizona back at home. Uh, at Levi's Stadium. Uh, Kyler Murray looks to continue kind of uh, – I feel like Kyler Murray is heading towards um, the rookie of the year just because it's a quarterback mm. uh, yeah. where Josh Jacobs is going to end up kind of falling to uh, that narrative, I suppose. Uh, San Francisco is as good of a team in the NFL still. Uh, they barely, barely lost to a very good team. They looks bad, though. I think, I think
1: both Seattle and San Francisco look pretty bad. Garoppolo is but...
0: not – Garoppolo
1: looked really bad. It I think was, like a Super I saw the number to me. Uh, on throws 10 or more yards downfield. He was three for 18, I want to say, or something. something like that. Three for Yeah, three for 18 for like 59 yards. Um, so that's bad. That's really bad. But I'm taking the 49ers just because of their defense and yep. the fact that they're home.
0: Yep, I'm taking San Francisco for the same reason. Uh, Cincinnati at Oakland. Uh, on paper a couple of weeks ago, this did not look like a good one, but Oakland is shaping up to make a playoff run. Shockingly, And Cincinnati is awful. So I don't think we yeah. need to talk much about this Oakland. one. Oakland it is for both of us. Uh, another good matchup here. Uh, Patriots travel to Philadelphia. Uh, Eagles are uh, tied up top the NFC East with the Vikings beating Dallas last week. Uh, Tom Brady coming off of a bye. Uh, it seems kind of inevitable to me that um, the Patriots win this one. Uh, what are your thoughts?
1: I'm going to Philly. I don't really know why. I'm going Philly just because um, I really again I don't think New England's played a lot of competition this year. <coughs> but they did against Baltimore. They didn't seem like they were ready for it, and now they got to go on the road to a tough environment. Uh, I think that'll be enough to make this a close game, uh, and I think I'm going to go with I'm going to go against the grain here. I guess and pick Philly.
0: Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to take New England. Uh, Belichick after a bye, that just doesn't sound good.
1: That's a good point. I didn't even think about that. But I'm not going back. Give me Philly.
0: All right. Sounds good. We'll split on that one. Uh, Chicago against the Los Angeles Rams. uh, Two just disgusting offenses going head-to-head. How about Uh, that?
1: How about that narrative for the Rams now? How about – I mean, last year, this is the offense that ripped up the Vikings for like 600-something yards or whatever it was uh, on Thursday Night Football. And now Jared Goff looks like the worst – quarterback contract it may be the history of the sport
0: it's not looking good
1: it looks terrible Uh, I'm picking the Rams just because he's not Mitch Trubisky (laughs)
0: that's kind of where I'm at too Um, yeah the Rams have looked really bad the last couple of weeks Uh, Chicago still looked worse
1: (laughs) and Goff is considerably better at home for you know so that's that's the another reason to pick the Rams here because on the road he's been extremely bad or at least at home he's at least put up uh, decent performances
0: yeah all right, so Rams for both of us, leading us to the last game of the week, Monday Night Football. Kansas City travels to Los Angeles to face the Chargers. AFC West matchup. This could be a defining moment for the Chargers. Uh, they have an opportunity to get back into it here, um, and also help out the Raiders potentially as well. Uh, who you got in this one?
1: I have the Chiefs. You know that they have to stop losing, right? With with Mahomes right. at quarterback, like I think they've lost the last three games where he's played the whole time. Yeah. Which that that's That's going to stop eventually. So give me the chiefs, uh, Mexico city game, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but I'll take the chiefs, but again, I really could see the chargers coming to me with a win here.
0: Yeah. Chargers seem to like, seem like they're kind of figuring it out here. Melvin Gordon looks like himself once again. Uh, but the thing is the the problem right now in Los Angeles is Phillip rivers. Uh, he's kind of, uh, showing his age a little bit the last few weeks. Um, I'll take the young MVP quarterback Mm -hmm. any day here. Um, you're right, they're, they're actually not – this is not a home game for Los Angeles. They're playing in Mexico City. So on a neutral field, I'll take Kansas City all day on that one. So that rounds out the picks for the week here, and we'll finish up here with our gambling locks. Uh, I, I should say, by the way, that we both went 5-8. and eight, Uh predicting matchups last week I stand at 84 63 and one Drew is 93 54 and one uh, so he still got a sizable lead over me there uh, and our gambling picks really did not go too much better last week. Um, I missed at Kansas City minus six and uh, Drew's pick which sounded really good on paper of New Orleans uh, Atlanta over 50 and a half uh, that did not work out either. so uh, we'll try to get back on a you know we have a, we have the potential to go on a true losing streak here if yep. you don't get them here. Um, who is your lock of the week?
1: Uh, so I'm 0-2 in my lock of the week, I believe, going betting on overs. You might want to double-check that, but I believe I have bet two overs. That's correct. And they've both missed. Oh, no, you, uh, got, go.
0: you did get one over, correct. You're
1: 1-2. Okay, okay. Uh, but I'm going to try... I don't think I've bet an under yet, and I think I'm going to try that this week. Uh, I got the Niners and the Cardinals under. It's at 46 right now. Um, and the reason for that is, I think... So the the Niners-Seattle game ended at, what, 27-24? That was aided by a couple of defensive touchdowns, one on both sides. Uh, Niners at home, that defense is as good as it gets Um, in the NFL. I think the Seahawks did have a lot of trouble with them. And then uh, I don't, based on what Jimmy G did, I don't think he's going to replicate that performance at Arizona a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. because he looks bad. And so I don't see the Niners putting up more than like 30 points in this game and I think the Cardinals will be in the low teens so yeah. I think an under 46 seems like a pretty good bet to me
0: yeah uh, I'm gonna go with an over I haven't done this since my week four pick that I got right uh, I'm taking Houston Baltimore over 49 and a half uh, dueling quarterbacks uh, yeah Baltimore also has one. the potential to score on defense as well uh, I I mean Baltimore scored 49 points on their own yesterday so or excuse me on Sunday so, uh, I I see fifty. I see at least fifty points. I mean, ultimately, I think this game is going to be you know like a twenty-eight to twenty-four score, um, and that'll get it done for the over. So that is my lock of the week. Uh, hopefully, we'll both get on track in that regard. Uh, and I believe that wraps up the show. Any final thoughts before we close this thing out?
1: Uh, shout out to Rocco Baldelli, uh, AL Manager of the Year.
0: Hey, how about that, Boarding
1: huh? The Minnesota Twins. Yep.
0: Love to see that. Uh, he definitely deserved it. Uh, I had a bunch of Yankees fans that tried to tell me uh, that uh, that Jesus, who is that? why why can't I think of the name of their head Aaron Boone? That Aaron Boone should be uh, managed the year. Um, but Rocco's resume. I mean, I looked at this. Um, Vegas had the Vikings, or excuse me, the Twins winning seventy eight games this year,
1: and they won one hundred and one.
0: Yeah, so that's uh, twenty three above Vegas. Not even Vegas could have seen that coming. Uh, they also broke the home run record, and uh, Baldelli clearly managed his personnel well. Um, got the absolute most out of this Twins lineup, yeah. um, and they're set up for you know sustainable success moving forward. I certainly agree. That's awesome that he won that in his first year too. It seems like the Twins have found their manager for, um, well, based on Twins history, probably for the next decade. And uh, hopefully <laughs> that's uh, hopefully that's the case. So, um, yeah, I think that's all. That's that's all I got for this week. Uh, thanks as always for uh for listening to the show uh for you newcomers hope, hopefully you enjoyed uh this episode and uh hopefully you'll be back uh later this week uh, make sure to check out the rest of the podcasts available to you on the climb the pocket network available on uh daily norseman itunes uh, stitcher anywhere else where you find your podcasts um, feel free to like and subscribe to us on itunes or you know Stitcher, I guess, any of the other places that you find your podcasts. Uh, We're also available on YouTube. Uh, If you like watching podcasts more than listening to them, uh, you can watch Drew and I talk. Uh, I don't know why you would do that, but if you like doing it, uh, it is available to you on YouTube. Uh, Make sure to subscribe to that channel like the videos as well because that helps us. So, thank you and hopefully we will uh, catch you next week following a Vikings victory.